Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Bottom Dollar Outdoors podcast. It is a foggy Monday morning here in South Carolina. And today we're going to be talking about, the first thing we're going to talk about, we're talking about my trip from last week down to Santee Cooper. We're also going to be chatting a little bit about my summer and the new hobby that I picked up, which is foraging for wild mushrooms. And our main topic of the day is going to be something I really am not a fan of talking about. It's just, it's going to be, we're going to be breaking down Joe Biden's gun, I don't know what call it, gun policy. He's got a whole enactment about it and what he calls it, and it's just a bunch of stripping away your rights without directly attacking your Second Amendment. But we'll get into that here in just a little bit. But a little bit about my week. Last week, oh, before I get in there, we're actually recording this one live. I forgot to, I don't think I mentioned that, and we're going to be reading some of the comments as we go through be bringing them up here on youtube so everybody can see them and i will read them so everybody on the podcast can hear them and the reaction to what's going on but i'm gonna tell you a little bit about my week we went or i went down to santee cooper for a little mini vacation i left last when uh tuesday and came back last friday just went down and kind of explored the low country went to folly beach for the first time down there below charleston it is a really cool little beach that's becoming more and more popular here in South Carolina. I will say it's a hidden place, but it's still not as popular as, say, Myrtle Beach. Still has kind of that local, low-country feel down there still. It's not a big party area. From what I've seen, a beach is not quite as groomed and nice. It's still kind of wild-looking, which I really like. There's a lot of cool shells. Got to see a lot of wildlife while down there. It was really fun, but I spent most of my time sitting on the bank of the canal there and looking over and taking pictures with my new camera, drinking a little Crown and Dr. Pepper, just hanging out, relaxing. Uh, found some really cool places to eat, some kind of off-the-wall kind of places, which I'll put those on the Bottom Dollar Outdoors Facebook page around. I was down there by myself, just like I said, wanted to get away, just got off work from a rough weekend at work. Really, I said, I'm headed down. I'm going on a little staycation or mini vacation. Uh, got to do a little bit of fishing. We went out, I think we went out Thursday. One of the people who lived there next to us there during the week is a local fishing guide, Mr. Cole. And we went, uh, he needed some help. We was going to get to go. He had a big party coming in. He's going to take them out. He needed to go do some scouting, catch a little bait. Told him I'd give him a hand and we went out. Did some perch fishing, locked onto them, wore them out. Then we went and done a little catfishing. If you've seen my, if you're friends with me on Facebook and you've seen my profile picture, I did catch one fish right there around 30 pounds. And that was pretty much it. That was, I mean, it was a really relaxing week just out there by myself, just exploring the low country. I did get to see my first alligator on the bank down there at Santee. It was a massive, massive alligator. It had to be, it, to me, from where I was sitting, it looked to be at least a 10-footer. But he was so fat, he looked like he had to waddle up there on the beach. He looked like his little legs were just, like he had to balance on his belly and his claws couldn't touch the ground on each side. He was huge. And, and of course, for the sixth year in a row, I did not get a gator tag. Couldn't do nothing about it except for sit there and stare at him. But it's really cool to see. Like I said, that's the first one I've seen at Santee. It's the first one I've ever seen in South Carolina. And I did see some in Florida one time, but they were really small gators. But this guy was 
a beast. He was huge. I really wish I'd have had a had a tag because I'd have done my best to get him close enough to that boat if I could have talked Scott into it. So that was one of the cool things down there. Like I said, I did get uh, some good pictures of some wildlife, and we'll share those. No, going into the comments, uh, Kentucky Catman Outdoor Adventure says, well, if, I, if you don't show up for next week's podcast, we know we picked the wrong mushrooms. Maybe. Or it could be a very interesting podcast next week if I pick the, I'm going to say the wrong mushrooms, but pick the the different style. He also asked, did I wrestle the alligator? No. Didn't get anywhere close enough to jump off the boat. And like I said, I really wish I'd had a gator tag this, this year. Uh, hopefully next year. Hopefully he'll make it through the season and be back there next year because they don't travel too far from their local stomping grounds. But getting into the topic of mushrooms, that's a new hobby that I picked up this year. I've uh, been following some people on Instagram and on Facebook, things that I've kind of wanted to get into, some new things that I was trying to find a new hobby, just something else to get me out in the woods. And back right around turkey season, I started seeing posts of people here in South Carolina finding morel mushrooms. I had no idea we even had morels here in South Carolina. I think I, I've told this story on the podcast before about the morels. I told the whole story how I, I found the one and I found a lot more. Well, that kind of carried over into this fall. Well, once it got really hot and dry, of course, you didn't see very many mushrooms. When the, the rain started coming in, the weather kind of started to cool off a little bit. I was going to actually put up a trail camera on my salt lick, my salt block down there in the woods. And I'll get down the trail, go through the field, right where the trail starts to go down into the woods. I noticed there was a bunch of mushrooms there. Out of my mind, I was like, those look familiar. So I go down and I look at them. I pick a couple, take some pictures, look up or pull up my uh, mushroom guide on my telephone, look at it. And I text somebody who knows a little bit about mushrooms. I text them and or sent them a message on Instagram, asked them what if, what I thought they were, were what she thought they were. We confirmed it. It was chanterelle mushrooms. I'd done the spore print. Sure enough, chanterelles. I probably found a a whole bushel basket full over the next couple of weeks of that, and they are delicious. Golden chanterelles are probably my favorite. I like them more than I like the morels that I picked earlier in the year. Uh, well, there's a little bit of a disclaimer. I'm not going to go into how to identify these mushrooms. I am going to show you one that I found here. I was getting out of the car this morning and happened to look over to my left. And here these guys were. I had picked some a couple weeks ago here in the yard, but uh found some honey mushrooms. Just growing here in the yard, they usually grow around leaf litter and ground up sticks and decaying logs and things like that. And here in my yard, I usually grind up all the leaves with a lawnmower and leave them there for fertilizer. I've got one here I'll show you. Like I said, I know that this is a honey mushroom, but the disclaimer is your honey mushrooms may look different where you're at. So do not take this picture, what I'm going to show you of this, as fact. Make sure you do your research, ask someone, do your spore prints, your do research, and don't hold me responsible if you mess up and eat the wrong mushroom and end up tripping balls for... I don't know how well you can see this guy, but this is the honey mushroom that I found in the yard, but this is just one. They they come in big clusters, so I have several this size. But it's um, called a honey mushroom because of its color. 
the little kind of light brown color that it has, but not its flavor. It kind of has a little bit more of a bitter taste than most of your like store-bought mushrooms or your uh, mushrooms from morel mushrooms. No, you do not eat this, Jim. Not like this. You have to cook them. <laughs> uh, they will make you... They make they will tear your little tummy up if you try to eat it raw. But no, you do have to cook them. You can also freeze them, coat them in butter, a little salt, pepper, put them in a Ziploc, and you can freeze them that way after they start to dry. Uh, Justin, how are you this morning? Jules said, oh, all you can do is stare at the fat boy and say, wave later, Gator. I don't know if that's what I was going to do to him or if that's what he was doing to me, but he was sitting there kind of looking at me, kind of with that grin looking at me. So I don't know who would have been talking to who in that situation. On the other side, we have Greg says, I think we're going to try the shiitakes on the lot. Yes. Uh, there's a the guy that used to process my deer for me before I started doing it myself. That is something he does. He has all, a bunch of logs stacked up there on his property that he grows shiitakes on. Uh, you can also find, uh, in that same kind of situation on logs, you can find hens, what they call uh, chicken of the woods. You can also find oyster mushrooms. And every now and then, the one that I'm still looking for that I have not found yet is a lion's mane. Uh, they actually can grow on living trees also. But the lion's mane is like the the holy grail for mushrooms in my area. <laughs> yeah, just exactly. You eat that thing raw, you will end up with... Um, the the runs in a heartbeat, yes. Uh, I'm sorry, Jules. <laughs> That's what I called you again. <laughs> That's been my hobby, man, and I have really enjoyed it. It, especially when chanterelles come out, it's still kind of hot and muggy. As long as it's good and humid and kind of warm, you're gonna find those chanterelles. I think there might still be some coming up because we've got a good bit of rain in the past two weeks. So I'm gonna go back over there probably tomorrow morning after I get off. Of work, I'm gonna go right over there and go check out, see what I can find, see if there's anything else coming up, see if I can find some more of these honey mushrooms. They are very, the honey mushrooms are very, very common, and the place that you typically find the honey mushrooms are around, like I said, dead or decaying oaks. Like I said, I'm not, I can't tell you really how to identify them, but that's the kind of the habitat that you find those in. The chanterelles, where I was finding those, were in hardwoods that had a lot of oak. And beech trees. I didn't realize how many beech trees I had here until I was out there. And I noticed when I was walking around looking for these, I I seen some weird looking mushrooms. They were kind of like, they didn't look like mushrooms. They kind of looked like spikes growing up from the ground. They were kind of slimy looking. And I noticed that the ground around them, the leaves were very like dark, almost black and wet looking. And I remembered that somebody had told me that one time before, when you see that, look up, and you will be under a beech tree that has beech aphids on it. So what happens is those aphids, they get on the underside of beech tree limbs and leaves, and they feed on the sap from those trees. Their droppings, or whatever you would like to call it, they fall on the ground and cause this weird decay and fungus that grows on it and different types of mushrooms grow up from that decay aphids i'll have to uh, i can't really i didn't pull up a picture of it but they don't hurt the trees they're really cool because i remember i had only seen them one time before in my life and that was down here in the woods behind my house uh, our preacher had come over we invited him to come over and go hunting with us he had killed a deer and we were going out there to drag it out brushed up against a tree limb, and I was covered in these white things that were shaking and moving. Freaked me out. Didn't know what they were. 
none of us knew what they were. And they were just kind of shaking back and forth on the limb. And I had never seen them again since until the other day. And once I seen them, I looked them up and it turned out to be the beach aphids. Justice Fish and Fetish says, always been scared of wild mushrooms. Don't know enough about them to try to eat them. One thing I would recommend, if you're interested in it at all, is to join some like Facebook groups. Uh, call your local extension service or extension office for whatever your agricultural college is there. Usually they have a mycologist on staff that you can ask for identification papers and things like that. They could send you to help you identify these things. They can put you in touch with uh, mycology clubs. There's actually clubs everywhere that they teach classes. They have Facebook groups, like I said, and can help you identify stuff if you send them really good pictures and ask nicely. They can really teach you how to find these. I Like I said, I found how to do this on Facebook, uh, YouTube, just done my research. I bought a couple of field guides on, on my, downloaded them to my phone. And as far as being scared to eat them, as long as, and the easiest one to identify in the woods is a morel. Usually in the spring, most of the time around here, it kind of coalesces with turkey season. The soil temperature starts to come up. I can't remember the exact temperature it has to be, but morels are very picky for humidity, soil temperature, and soil moisture content. So they may not come up every year. They may come up every five years. In one area, you might go 100 yards down the creek in a little bit lower or higher elevation. They'll be there, but morels are by far the easiest to identify. There's nothing else in the woods that really look like them at all. Even what they call a false morel. Really, when you look at it and you know what you're looking for, they don't look nothing like a morel mushroom. And they are delicious. I mean, they are amazing to eat. Like I said, I've really enjoyed I think I like the chantrails a little bit more. Uh, he does say, okay, morels are the only shrimp you pick and eat. Okay, so you do, you have found those. The chantrails are actually fairly easy to identify, get you a guidebook. They have very, very precise characteristics to them. There's different types of chantrails all over the woods. Even here, I think there's five or six varieties that I've found so far, but they all have pretty much the same characteristics that are different from the rest of them. Uh, These honey mushrooms, on the other hand, they're very, they look a lot like just regular mushrooms you would find in your yard. More than likely, you have already mowed some over or kicked them over not knowing what they were the only characteristic i will tell you about them is they grow in big clusters and they don't grow in individual from what i've seen they do not grow in individual mushrooms they grow up in clusters once you find a cluster the 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 ones i showed you that color then you can go into further identifying them kentucky Catman outdoor adventure says i want to find the giant puffball mushrooms i have never seen a giant puffball we usually get just the, the small ones here in the yard Kind of the ones that you would see, I guess, what the, it's basically the ones you get in a grocery store. They're kind of in the same group. Greg says, I think my patience level will allow me to farm them rather than hunt them. You know, I Greg, my patience would be the opposite. I like to go in the woods. I like instant gratification. So if I can go out into the woods and find, them, find some in the woods, I have them. If I don't find them, I'm still in the woods. I'm exploring. I'm looking around. I'm seeing the deer sign for deer season turkeys i know what's kind of going on in the woods and i take a trash bag with me when i go in case i find where someone's come on the property and threw something out just gives me some time to get in the woods and really enjoy myself that was my favorite thing especially 
with the chanterelles because I got to, I found a lot of deer sign that I didn't know was around just kind of easing through the woods. Usually, you know, I stick to my plots and things. I don't kind of go off the beaten trail into the woods, but looking for these mushrooms has really helped me find things in the woods that I didn't know was there. Just as I have kicked a million of them and didn't know you could eat them until recently. Talking about the honey mushrooms, I'm sure, yeah. Greg, I'm going to say yes. I'm pretty sure the there's more of the toxic ones out there. The ones that are toxic to humans than there are other ones. Yes, Jeremy, we are live. Welcome, Jeremy. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I just, I believe that there's more out there that are toxic than are not. It, like I said, I stick to the easy ones to identify your uh, honeys, the uh, chanterelles. Morels, lion's mane, oyster mushrooms, those types of things that I can find. They're pretty much foolproof if you have a good guide. If you can, go find one of these groups that will help you learn, actually take you and show you what they look like and what to look for. They have classes, demonstrations. Out, They even go out as a group and actually go foraging as a group with a specialist with you to really kind of nail it home for you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, yeah. certain types of mushrooms seem to like certain con- trees and conditions, especially with, with me and the morels. Where I was finding the morels at were in creek bottoms and where there were lots of poplars, uh, what they call tulip poplar, big old poplar trees. And I tended, I tend to find them anywhere that I find, what they call those, it's a fern, but it, cur- it, curl, it comes up a curl or it's curled up as it grows out. I can't remember what those are called. Because we can't eat those because I can't remember what they're called. Uh, fiddleheads, that's it. That was a yep, fiddleheads. If you find in fiddleheads and ferns and those big poplars, where I was finding my morels at, different types of morels, like different types of soil and different leaf litter to grow in. Justin Fisher Fetus says, I picked some hickory mushrooms, but afraid to try them. I've never seen them. I have no idea what you're talking about. I have to look those up. There might be something else around here that I can find. Yep, just if you got a whole, if like I said, the tulip poplars, the big old groves, that's where I was finding all the uh, what they call tulip. Uh, what I can find, they call them tulip morels or poplar morels. That's where I was finding these. I mean, most of them were four to six inches tall, so they were, and there was a lot of them. And once you find one in your eyes, I know if you you've looked for them, you've noticed this when your eyes zoom in, and you find one, they know what they're looking for. You start to pop all over the place. You take you hours to find a single one. Once you find that one, your eyes train to it, and you know exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, it's been a it's been a very fun adventure for the past summer doing this. Got me out in the woods, got to see things I never seen before. Found some cool things, lots of old bottles and like old forties and fifty styles Pepsi bottles, Mountain Dew bottles. Uh, I actually found a, a couple of Clorox. Big Clorox brown bottle stuff. I I love finding stuff. I found some. I found an old pool ball. I, like I said, I just find all kinds of just random stuff. I guess it kind of comes down the creek when it floods. Yep, uh, Justin. Yeah, this spring when the turkey season comes back around, here if you go turkey hunting, it's usually about that time. Like I said, look for the fiddleheads and look for the sign of the poplars and everything like that. And like I said, once you find them, they just pop out of nowhere, and you got to get to them before the squirrels can get to them because I'm pretty sure they love them just as much because I found a lot of them that were just kind of bit in half. Well, here's the thing. You don't have to invent a shroom sniffer. Get you a little small dog. Get you a Dotson. Get a little small hound and that and train him to look and train him for mushrooms. You actually train. Uh, I know one person who has a dog. He'll, he finds morels. 
deer sheds, and he's a blood tracking down. So that's his. Th- he has a special. He can do all three, and the guy can tell him. It's a little Jack Russell Terrier. He, the little dog, he can tell him what you're looking for. Say, find the shrooms, get that blood, and he can. He knows what to go look for. So you don't have to invent one. You just got to train him yourself. It'd probably be easier to invent a mushroom finder than it would be to train a Jack Russell, I think. But you can be done. But we're gonna take a quick break, real quick. Get me some water because my bucks and my voice is kind of going out on me here. And when we come back, we're going to dive into this whole fiasco that's coming up in November. I'm going to uh, just basically lay out. I'm going to read it straight off of Joe Biden's website. I'm going to read you his gun roll or his gun policy, what he's going to call it, and how it's going to really screw you over if you are a gun owner. I will be right back, everybody. back so we're just gonna dive into this like i said it's not the topic that i want to discuss the most but with the election coming up in just a little over a month we need to cover this because if you are a gun owner if you like having the guns that you probably already have your personal protection guns your sporting rifles your semi-automatic shotguns just about anything even your pistols everyday carry guns usually this is going to affect them I'm going to read this to you. You're going to be as disgusted as I am. Hold on to hold on to what, hold on to you, hold on to your gun belt because this is just horrible. To listen to. We'll kind of break it down as we go. On his website at JoeBiden.com, you go there, and he has a link to basically his policies and what he wants to try to enforce whenever he becomes, whenever you know, if he becomes president. Kamala Harris, we kind of know where she stands on guns. It's in her states. Their gun laws are awful. You know good and well she's a gun grabber, and that's what she's going to come for, or the stuff that you really, really like to have. If these guys have, if they had their way 100%, I believe, it would be illegal to own a gun in the state of South or in the country, or state of South Carolina included, and everybody else. But All right, let's read this shit. All right, it says the Biden, this is the name of the title of the article on his website. It says the Biden plan to end our gun violence epidemic. So right there, he wraps it up in a, in a shell that basically makes it sound scary and to use what bad people have done to take your right away. That's basically how he worded that. He didn't say, this is my plan to help in, or to help increase gun safety No, to end our gun violence epidemic. Wrapped it in big scary words related to COVID-19 that has people freaked out. Right there, you already know where this is going. So we'll read this this first paragraph here. It says, Joe Biden has taken on the National Rifle Association on the national stage and won twice. In 1993, he shepherded through Congress the Brady Handgun Violence Prevention Act which established background check system that has since kept more than 3 million firearms out of the hands of dangerous hands. In 1994, Biden, along with Senator Dianne Feinstein, 
secured the passage of a 10-year ban on assault weapons in high-capacity magazines. As president, Joe Biden will defeat the NRA again. Joe Biden also knows how to make progress on reducing gun violence using executive action. After the tragedy at Sandy Hook Elementary School in 2012, President Obama tasked Vice Pres- or then Vice President Biden with developing both legislative pro- uh, proposals and executive actions to make our community safer. As a result of this effort, the Obama-Biden administration took more than two dozen actions, including narrowing the so-called gun show loophole, increasing the number of records in the background check system, and expanding funding for mental health services. Right, that's the first, that's the introduction to this, and it says it's within our grasp to end gun violence, epi- the gun violence epidemic, and respect the Second Amendment, which is limited, which is limited. I don't see a whole lot of limits in that, in the Second Amendment, but he says it's limited. As president, Biden will pursue constitutional, common-sense gun safety policies. And now it's going to go into what he plans to do. So breaking that right there down, we already knew that he was a big proponent of the Brady Handgun Violence Prevention Act and the assault weapon assault weapons ban, as you call it. You know, I don't know why the hell you would call it an assault weapon. It's a semi-automatic weapon. It's a semi-automatic gun. It's a weapon if that's what you choose to use it as. It's a firearm. It's a tool for whatever you want to use it for. I mean, mine's sitting there on my bed right now. I hadn't jumped up and went and shot nobody. Let's see here. All right. I'm just going to read these to you, and then I'll come back and I'll share my thoughts on this. some of these parts. The first part of his policy says, Hold gun manufacturers accountable. In 2005, then-Senator Biden voted against the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act. But gun manufacturers successfully lobbied Congress to secure its passage. This law protects these manufacturers from being held uh, civilly liable for their products, a protection granted to no other industry. Biden will prioritize repealing this protection. So basically, what he's saying is, you take a gun, which is basically just a tool, for whatever you want to use it for, and you go out and you kill someone with it. You commit a, a, a murder with this weapon or assault with this weapon. Then, not only can you be held liable for this, let's say you have a Colt or a Glock pistol, then they can legally be held liable for your actions of what you do with their with their product. But yet, I can, you know, you could take a hammer and go kill someone with it, Cobalt's not going to be held responsible for that. You could take your car and go run over a bunch of people with it. Dodge isn't going to be held responsible for that. We've seen it happen already. Dodge wasn't held responsible for that. There you go. Next part says, get weapons off of our streets. The ban on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines that Biden, along with Senator Feinstein, secured in 1994, reduced the lethality of mass shootings. But in order to... To secure the passage of the bans, they had to agree to a 10-year sunset provision. And when the time came, the Bush administration failed to extend them. So they say, it, you know, this happened during Sandy Hook. I mean, sorry, not Sandy Hook, but all this came about after the Columbine shootings. Yeah, exactly, Justin. Can you sue the grocery store for making you fat? No, the government's not going to hold them liable for the stuff they sell. I'll get into the one thing about that real quick. When you see these, you know, they want to hold gun manufacturers responsible for these mass shootings or any kind of violence. 
but yet they definitely they don't want to touch the fact that most of these people who commit these crimes, these mass shootings, are on some sort of medication, whether it be antidepressants, antipsychotics. They're on some. You most of them have been on some sort of medication, but yet they want to hold the tool maker responsible, but not for the possibility that the medication is may actually affecting somebody's brain, causing them to disconnect from reality and commit these crimes or just giving them the, I don't give a shit enough to commit these crimes, but they won't go after big pharma. They won't try to help with that. They won't touch that shit. They don't care about the actual act of what's going on. They just want to get rid of your firearms. They don't give a shit about the actual crime being committed. Rattletrap, how's it going, man? <laughs> Jim said he'd be suing Oreo. <laughs> but like I said, with the did it reduce the lethality of mass shootings? Just a little bit, but there's still mass shootings going on. You know, they could blow up a car, kill a lot of people. It's a tool. That's all it is. It's just a tool that some people have chosen to commit these crimes. Okay, as it goes on, it says, as president, Biden will. Here's the first one. Ban the manufacture and sale of assault weapons and high-capacity magazines, basically permanently enacting the Brady Bill or the Brady Bill again. It says federal law prevents hunters from hunting with migratory birds with more than three shells in their shotgun. That means our federal law does more to protect ducks and children. It's wrong. Joe Biden will enact legislation to once again ban assault weapons. This time, the bans will be designed based on lessons learned from the 1994 bans. For example, the ban on assault weapons will be designed to prevent manufacturers from circumventing the law by making minor changes that don't limit the weapon's lethality. While working to pass this legislation, Biden will also use his executive authority to ban the importation of assault weapons. <laughs> Hashtag banish the forks and spoons. Exactly where they're going with this, Alan. Uh, Collective Beard here says, with their language, they're trying to do away with semi-auto weapons, which is 90% of the guns out there. So they're, we don't want a gun ban is complete bullshit. You're exactly correct on that. So basically, I'll, like I said, I'll get back in out of here in just a minute. But the next part says, regulate the... Oh, this, the next two really get under me. I'll say probably well, all of it. Does. All of it just makes me so damn angry I can't stand myself right now. All right. Regulate the possession of existing assault weapons under the National Firearms Act. Currently, the National Firearms Act requires individuals possessing machine guns, silencers, and short-barreled rifles to undergo a background check and register those weapons with the, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, ATA, the ATF. Due to these requirements, such weapons are rarely used in crimes. As President Biden will assure proper legislation to regulate the possession possession of existing assault weapons under the National Firearms Act. So basically he's saying, give it a minute, he's going to get into something that really just kind of undermines, he's trying to wrap this in a pretty package, which is wrapped in shit if you ask me. But So basically if you already have a gun, you've already been approved for it, you're going to have to go through a deeper background check to keep it or to buy another one. And basically you would be considered on the same level as a, a semi-auto weapon would be considered the same thing as a, full, a fully automatic High-capacity machine gun, a tank, grenades, explosives, and this is just a gun that shoots a bullet every time you pull the trigger, or a handgun, or a shotgun, the stuff that you have already in your home. And the thing is, is they don't give a definition of what they consider an assault weapon. 
there's no such thing. An assault is a crime. It's an act. Gun, assault gun, or assault weapon, as they call it, is nothing more than a semi-automatic rifle. It's just look, it just kind of looks different. It looks scary to people, I guess. What they're talking about here, like he said a minute ago, he says that federal legislation has, you know, whenever you take a shotgun and you go duck hunting or you go dove hunting, you can only use more, you can only use three shells. This is true, but you can take the plug out of it. And if you want to go skeet shooting, if you want to go outside and shoot up targets, or even if you want to commit a crime with this gun, all you do is take the plug out of it and it holds up to 10 to 12 rounds. It can be modified. So basically what he's saying is it has to have a permanent plug that can't be removed. Exactly. Semantics is all this is. And they're bringing machine guns into it. Yeah, and the permits for machine, yes, it does. It does reduce the number of people who have these because they are outrageously expensive. I mean, thousands of dollars, not only to buy the weapon because they're so rare, because you can't buy a gun made before. I can't remember the exact date, but you can't buy a fully automatic weapon that was produced after a certain date, even if you have these permits. And silencers, that's a whole nother topic. It's uh, it's stupid as to why they can't buy silencers, as they call them. It doesn't make anything damn silent about it. It's just a suppressor. It lowers the level of noise down to a sound where you can shoot it safely without having on hearing protection, which is good for which is good for health, good for hunters, good for the environment, and really reduces the noise impact that firearms have. In some countries, uh, I know Scotland is one of those. There's, uh, I think New Zealand, is, New Zealand may be one. There are some countries where you at, you have to have a suppressor on your firearm to hunt with it. So explain that to me. Why some countries it's required, and here they're one of the hardest things you can try to get makes and makes absolutely no sense to me. And it's not like you can just go and it's not like what you see in the movies where you go into a house or go somewhere and you shoot one and it goes, pss, pss, pss. not even a 22. You can hear it from a hundred yards away. It's ridiculous to even have those on this list. All right. So here's where, you know, he says right here that, you know, you can, re- or uh, you have to buy these permits to have, the gun that you already have. Well, here's where he's undermining his own policy to come and get these guns. Says uh, Joe Biden will offer a buyback the assault offer to buy back assault weapons and high capacity magazines that are already in our communities. Biden will also institute a program to buy back weapons of weapons of war currently on our streets. This will give individuals who now possess assault weapons or high-capacity magazines, two options. Sell the weapons to the government or register it under the National Firearms Act. That way they know you have it and they know where to come and get it. He ain't got enough money to come and buy my guns. Exactly. I like Jim's idea. I don't know why the hell you took all your guns out there in the first place. All right, so here we go. We're going to kind of go into some other things that we want to do. So not only are you going to have to register these guns, and like I said, there is no definition on here of what he considers an assault-style weapon or what he considers a high-capacity magazine. I believe and I believe before it was anything over 10 rounds. So most of your handguns, your pistols that are you know semi-automatic, your Glocks, especially my gun, my gun holds 30 rounds, but most, you know, most of your Glock weapons, most of your standard full-frame 
guns carry over 10 rounds. So there you go. If they could make a ban on anything over 10 rounds, there go your basic handguns, what they consider a high-capacity magazine. Shotguns that hold over... There's some shotguns that hold over 10 rounds. There's some semi-automatic ones that are really cool that on AR platforms, AK-47 style platforms. Those guns will be also, you know, can't have them. It's a shotgun. Even just uh, your Benelli shotgun that your grandfather gave you that holds 10 rounds of small shells. Nope, that one's got to go too. So you got to keep that in mind whenever you, you sit here and they say assault weapons, they don't give a definition yet of what they consider a high-capacity magazine or an assault weapon. goes on to say the next point is to reduce the stockpiling of weapons. In order to reduce stockpiling of firearms, Biden sports legislation restricting the number of firearms an individual may purchase per month to one. Now, not only has he made, he's made it, possibly wants to make gun manufacturers responsible and can be sued and held liable in court for that, now, then he wanted to make you go into a registry and limit the kind of guns you can buy. Now he's wanting to limit the number of guns you can buy. So now, here you go. Again, not necessarily coming straight after your right to own firearms, but restrict the way that restrict your accessibility to them. Keep guns out of dangerous hands. The federal back now. See this one. I'm I agree with is expanding background checks to go a little bit deeper. Keep guns out of dangerous hands. The federal background check system, or the what they call NICS, the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, is one of the best tools we had to prevent gun violence, but it's only effective when it's used. So it is used. I don't care wherever you go to buy a gun. Even now at gun shows, most things like that, you have to go through NICS. You have to fill out the paperwork to get a firearm. The only time, especially here in South Carolina, it's different. Some states, to buy one from someone else, you have to take it and have it sold through uh, an FFA dealer or FAA dealer, at, or, yeah, FFA licensed dealer. Here, you can still buy a private party and then just for cash money. If I'm going to buy a gun from someone or if I'm going to sell a gun to someone, I do a bill of sale just to cover my ass. But uh, you don't have to do that. It says, uh, Biden will enact universal background check legislation and close other loopholes that allow people who should be prohibited from purchasing firearms from making those those purchases. Specifically, he will require background checks for all gun sales. Today, an estimated one in five firearms are sold or transferred without a background check. Biden will enact universal uh, background check legislation requiring a background check on all gun sales with very limited exceptions such as gifts between close family members and uh, basically pat and also inheriting firearms. This will close the so-called gun show and online sales loophole that we have heard about so many damn times, which does not fucking exist, that the Obama-Biden administration narrowed what cannot be fully closed by executive order alone. Uh, and it says, close other loopholes in the federal background check system in addition to closing the boyfriend loophole. Highlighted below. All right, Biden will reinstate the Obama-Biden policy to keep guns out of the hands of certain people unable to manage their affairs for mental reasons, which President Trump reversed. In 2016, the Obama-Biden administration finalized a rule 
to make sure that the Social Security Administration sends background check system records that it holds of individuals who are prohibited from purchasing or possessing firearms because they have been adjuncted by the SSA, Social Security Administration, as unable to manage their affairs for mental reasons. But one of those first actions Donald Trump took as president was to reverse this rule. President Biden wouldn't act legislation to codify this policy. So basically, again, this is another way, or as they like to call them, loopholes, that they can use to take away your gun rights. All they have to do is pull your medical records. Now, if you're registered with Social Security, they get those medical records. They have to have them. So basically, they can say once you reach Social Security age and you and they look back through your records. Oh, well, he was after his after this point, which would probably be the year that you're like your mother died and your and your dog died and you wrecked your truck. guys i'm back apparently everything internet related in my home has went down there is no internet as far as my internet here with at&t in my home my tv has disconnected wireless routers went out my cameras went out my computer will not connect to the internet however my router that is actually connected to my internet is saying that i have service it's saying it's sitting there just like it always does all the lights are exactly where they need to be, and it is transferring data. The network connection and all is blinking where it is transferring some sort of data somehow. I know this sounds wild. It sounds weird with everything that I was was reading. And the weirdest thing about it is that my cell phone does not have service. I cannot call out. All it has is it says AT&T. Right now it is 10-21, Monday, September 28th. I'm going to take a screenshot and put on the show notes of this, and I'll show you my settings. And we'll, but it will not call out. I have no 4G. I have no 3G. I have no cell phone. I have no LTE service. So I can't even call out from my home right now. I don't know what happened. Maybe, hopefully, AT&T had an outage, but it is kind of weird that my modem is still transferring data when everything else has went to shit. But since we're still here... I'm going to keep, this is going to be a weird podcast. It's going to be a long one. So, sorry guys on that one, but I'm going to continue reading these things. Uh, we're going to go back to the reinstate the obama Biden policy, the, uh, what they call the boyfriend rule. You know, that's just another way that they can spy on you and take and use something to take your rights away. Basically, all they have to see is that you have taken some sort of medica- medication for mental health that sometimes in the past, like I was going for before, before all this happened, let's say you had some sort of breakdown after your mother passed away 20 years ago. Somebody in your family committed suicide, and you were going through a period of depression and anxiety, and they put you on some sort of medication for this. Guess what? They can go back, look through your medical records, and say, oh, well, man, he has, he can't keep his stuff straight. He can't keep his uh, mental health in check. Like I said, this 20 years ago. You're fine now. There you go. All they have to do is sign a piece of paper saying he's mentally defunct. He can't own firearms. Now he's a felon. He's a person who cannot mentally have firearms, who now who has them, 
and now you're a felon, and they can come and arrest you and take away your take away your firearms. And it doesn't matter what kind of firearm it is at that point. They can take all of them away. The next point is to close the hate crime loophole. It says Biden will enact legislation pro- prohibiting an individual, quote, who has been convicted of a misdemeanor hate crime or received enhanced sentence for a misdemeanor because of hate or bias in its commission from purchasing a firearm. I mean, that should be it. In the writing of it, it sounds good. It sounds good. Uh, and then, so here's the thing there again. If you protect yourself in a situation against a person of a different race, that can be construed against you. So say if you use your firearm, so somebody's coming at you, or you or you know, you believe that somebody's about to endanger your life and you use this gun against somebody of a different race, there you go. They don't even have to really because they can't you can't prove in words, all it's just your word that you didn't do it as because that person was of a different race. So you can't prove that. So you're already guilty before you even get char- or get a chance to go before a jury. There's other things like that that's already here. I'm not going to talk about right now. That's for a different day and time. But there's already stuff like this where once you get accused of it, you can't say you you can say all day long to your blue in the face that you didn't do it. But yet it's your word against theirs. And in this case, they don't even have to have proof. It's just the inclination and it's on your record the next one it says close the charleston loophole says the charleston loophole allows people to complete a firearms purchase if their background check is not completed with three business days biden supports the proposal in the enhanced background checks act of 2019 which extends the timeline from three to ten business days biden will also direct the federal bureau of investigation to put on his desk within his first 100 days as president a report detailing the cases in which background checks are not completed within 10 business days and steps the federal government can take to reduce or eliminate this currents. Now, see, this one, that's actually a good thing. I do believe if, you know, they're having trouble getting a background check, because it takes, let's say, for a, even for a county-level background check, it takes a while, because I remember when I was applying for a job, and they got they got my, they were doing a, back, a pretty intensive background check, it took 14 days to get my background check from the county that I live in. It did. It took them 14 days to get it. So in that case, it, even the 10 days wouldn't have been enough. But there's no way you're going to get a county background check if they do the extended background checks, which I'm I'm partially in favor of a enhanced system. Maybe not his, but a, a more enhanced background check, but not his. So if it did extend it out to 10 days, I would be fine with that. Usually, whenever you're using Nick's, it Literally, I mean, it's instant. They tell you yes or no. In some instances, they don't have enough information. They can say, hey, put it on hold for three days. And after that, if it doesn't come back in those three days, yes, you can get that firearm. They can't hold it for more. So I, I'm fairly in support of the 10-day uh, return on this because of what I have seen firsthand trying to get information on a background check from local governments. So especially right now in the COVID crisis, it's, it's almost impossible to get records for anything. Then the next one says, close the fugitive from justice loophole. Man, there's a lot of loopholes in this bullshit, is what they claim. It says, a loophole created by the Trump administration. Because of actions by the Trump administration, the records of almost 500,000 fugitives from justice who are prohibited from purchasing firearms were deleted from the background check system. The Biden administration will restore these records 
and enact legislation to make clear that people facing arrest warrants are prohibited from purchasing firearms. That's bullshit. I'm sorry. It sounds good when you read it that way, but that is horseshit. At this point, like you have a warrant. That may be true, but you are not a you are not a criminal at this point. Just because you have a warrant out for your arrest doesn't mean you have committed a crime. It means you are under suspicion of committing a crime and you have not been found guilty. So at this point, unless you are a repeat felon who should not have a firearm in the beginning, you are a fugitive from justice. If you're an American citizen and you are a fugitive from justice, hell, you may not even know you have a warrant out for your arrest. Unless you have been proven, unless you have been found guilty in a court by a jury and have been incarcerated, you are innocent until proven guilty. You cannot take somebody's rights away just for the accusation of a crime. That gets into the whole red flag laws. That gets into all these things where they can come and just do what they want Gun grab is bullshit. It really is. Until you, I don't understand how this could even be legal in this in this country that they can actually come and take anything away from not even your just your firearms, but your freedom of speech, your records. They can just come and take this stuff from you without due cause. I mean, I mean, I understand warrants or um, yeah, it's like search warrants and things like that where they can come and get evidence if you're under suspicion of a crime. However. Doing something like taking somebody's rights away from them, that's until you're incarcerated, you do not lose your rights in this country. You have not been found guilty of a crime. They cannot hold your rights from you until you have been found guilty of a crime and you are then part of the penal system. That is some, that is just like I said, even with the red flag laws, just cause your neighbor down the street just like, doesn't like you listening to loud country music and shooting your firearms in your backyard. They can go and say, hey, I'm pretty sure he's planning something. I think he's mentally deranged. He shouldn't have those guns, blah, 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 and get a red flag law or a red flag on you, and they could show up at your house unannounced and ask to take your firearms without any kind of due calls, without an interview with a doctor, an interview with you. They can just come and take it, and then you have to prove that you're, that you're healthy, that you're sane. That's not the way shit should work in this country. Man, that's a long-ass article. The next part says, In the online sale of firearms and ammunition, Biden will enact legislation to prevent all online sales of firearm, ammunition, kits, guns, and parts. There you go. Now he's wanting to stop free commerce. You know, the way it is now, you can buy parts for guns to build your own guns. You can buy your ammunition online. It's all produced, and it's sold. I mean, I don't understand why you can't buy it online, because when... Whoever you buy your gun or your ammunition from, I'll tell you why they're doing this, but let's say you go to Walmart and you go buy some rifle ammunition. That rifle ammunition has been transferred from state to state to state, you know, to get to a D.C. And let's say the D.C. is in a certain state, but a store on the other or store uh, in another state needs it. They put it in a truck and they ship it there. So they're shipping ammunition all over the place. And they're shipping firearm parts all over the place. Whenever you're, um, how, oh, how does your gun dealer, how do they get gun parts? Get it through the damn mail. They get it from UPS. They get them from FedEx. They get them from the USPS. So what's the difference in you buying ammunition in these parts for your gun or the gun itself? And when it comes to firearms, this is why they're trying to do this with ammunition parts and everything else. When it comes to full serial, uh, full serialized guns, 
the, those weapons have to be shipped to an FFL dealer so they can complete the background check through Nix so you can buy them. So here's what they're trying to do is they're trying to make the rest of the country like California, where you have, and this is, this is coming up, but all these stuff, even guns, parts, ammunition, anytime you buy anything gun-related, you have to have a background check. Even ammunition, you'll have to have a damn background check. Again, not taking your rights away necessarily, but finding a ways around your, the Second Amendment to strip away your accessibility to firearms. Like I said, they're not necessarily outlawing having firearms. They're just making it harder for you to be able to enjoy what you love. Yeah, like I said, this is getting more and more ridiculous as I go, especially with the online sales. I'll, I stopped for a second to pause it for my recording because I was looking for something in particular that was related to this. It's no longer on his website, but I specifically remember seeing on here, not only were they going to limit the amount of firearms you could buy to one firearm a month, they were also trying to limit the amount of ammunition that you could buy to a set, a set number or a set amount of ammunition you could buy per purchase to one box of ammunition per purchase. It is, I mean, that is, and they can enforce that with, if you go and you have to have a Nick's background check, they can enforce that by if you have to, if you want to go buy a box of 20 rounds of hunting ammunition or a box of shotgun shells, they wanted, not, well, they, they, only, they actually wanted to limit the amount that you could buy in a box per box. This is through the, manufacturers to uh, is either five or 10 rounds per, per box. And you can only buy one box at a time. And if they get what they want in this, you would actually have to go through Nick's. This is the end game of this. You would have to go through Nick's to buy that one box ammunition. So if you went and you bought one box of five shotgun shells, you would have to go through Nick's. Let's say you left that store and went to the store across the street you would have to do it again, and they could call, they'd have to call Nick's, and Nick's like, no, he's already bought his ammunition for the day. He cannot buy anymore. So you could buy, just as an example, this isn't word for word, but you could buy five shotgun shells a day, or you could only buy fifty rounds a day, whatever number they put on it. That's all you could buy. It doesn't matter how many guns you have, or how many guns you want to shoot that day. You would still be limited to whatever ammunition you could buy per day. They have taken that off of here since. The first time I read it. So I don't know if he took that out of his policy. Somebody advised him to. But if it's on it's on his mind. All right. We're getting back to this. It's, uh, so the next point says to incentivize state extreme risk extreme risk laws. Also called red flag, which is what we were talking about earlier. It says this enables family members or law enforcement officials to temporarily remove an individual's access to firearms when that individual is in crisis and poses a danger to themselves or others. Biden will incentivize the adoption of these laws by giving states or states giving states funds to in, to implement these laws. And he'll direct the US Department of Justice to issue best practices and offer technical assistance to states interested in, in enacting an extreme risk law. Red flag laws are dangerous. There's already been an instance where an individual's family member had an argument with them. They called the law and said they think they're he's crazy. He may hurt himself. He may go hurt somebody. And that's all they had to say. That's all they had to say. 
This person had not committed any crimes. He may have been angry. The cops show up at his house and tell him they're there to take away his firearms. Happened, and it ended up with the individual being killed. This person, I don't know his background, so I'm not, I, don't, I can't go into that, but that could happen to anyone just because you had a disagreement with someone and they called law on you. There you go. That kind of falls into the what they call the boyfriend loophole, which is coming up again here in just a minute in the domestic violence part of this. It also goes here, says, gives some states incentives to set up gun licensing programs. Biden will enact legislation to give states and local governments grants to require individuals to obtain a license prior to purchasing a gun. So there again, limiting, not doing away with your rights, but limiting your rights. Making you have to have a license. A license infers that it's a privilege to have this license. It's just like your driver's license. It's a privilege. They can deny giving you a driver's license based on certain rules. They can do the same thing with this. You can lose this license if you, say, do something that, they, that the government doesn't like. Um, you post something on social media, something along those lines that they don't agree with, and here you are so they can take away this uh, privilege that gives you access to your right to own a firearm or purchasing a firearm. There again, they're not taking away your necessary your right, but they're limiting your access to it. Uh, this one says, then the next point is to adequately fund background check system. President Obama and Vice President Biden expanded incentives for states to submit records of prohibited persons into background check systems. As President Biden will continue to prioritize that funding, ensure that the FBI is adequately funded to accurately and effectively handle the NICS system. You know, that does need to be done because they've found instances where you know, records aren't being turned over quickly enough because local counties, local governments don't have the, the necessarily personnel to make sure that this stuff is added quickly to the NICS system, which does need to be done. Uh, matter of fact, I believe there was some branches of the military that did not report dishonorable discharges, which is a you know a violation of the of the National Firearms Act. And these people were still who had been dishonorably discharged for violent crimes from the military were still able to buy firearms. There again, they had been found guilty in a court martial and were just dis, dishonorably uh, discharged from the military. You're in the military. You have access to firearms, and you were dishonorably discharged. I mean, you had to do something pretty bad to lose that right. And then it goes into his this, a lot of statistics about uh, domestic violence, which it is true. I, I actually double-checked these facts and on some other websites as far as, you know, what happens whenever there's a gun nearby during a domestic violence situation. It's um Those are true. So I there's a lot of them here, so I'm not going to read them, but... This part that was true says uh, Biden recognizes that the gun violence and domestic violence epidemics are linked and cannot be solved in isolation. Addressing the interconnectedness of these challenges will be a core focus of Biden's anti-violence work as president. The Violence Against Women Reauthorization Act of 2019. It goes in to say, you know, how it been, has been put on the floor yet before a vote. Uh, says Senator McConnell should ensure this legislation gets passed long before President Biden would take the oath of office. But if McConnell refuses to, to act, Biden will enact legislation to close the so-called boyfriend loophole and stalking loophole by prohibiting all individuals convicted of assault, battery, or stalking from purchasing and possessing firearms 
regardless of their connection to the victim. Right there. That is worded like it should. It says if they are convicted of a crime. So if you're convicted, that's fine. If you're accused of a crime or under investigation of a crime, then technically you have not committed a crime. Therefore, your rights are still there. And this this goes right into that. It says Biden also supports enacting a proposal to prohibit anyone under a temporary restraining order from purchasing or possessing a firearm before their hearing. Yes, that's a period of time where something could could potentially happen. But there again, you are under investigation. You are waiting on a hearing. You have not been found guilty of a crime at all. Therefore, unless you're incarcerated, you have not been found guilty of a crime yet. So your rights should be protected. In this situation, you've been accused of a crime and you're awaiting a trial, you're awaiting a hearing, you're, an investigation is pending. They're take, they can strip you of your Second Amendment rights until that ha- until you're found not guilty. And, huh, I wonder, if they take your arms away, what would be the process of getting them back? How hard would it be for you to restore your credibility and your background check in NICS as slow as it is? You may not ever. That's kind of the point. Again, they go into some other things. You know, if you've been accused of something, of accused of harassment, that you have to do an investigation, you're sitting there, you're waiting for the investigation to be done, they can come and take away your rights during that time period. Okay, and then now, if you own a firearm, they want to do this. is put America on the path to ensuring that 100% of firearms that are sold in America are smart guns. Today, we have the technology to allow only authorized users to fire a gun. For example, existing smart gun technology requires a fingerprint match before use. Biden believes that we should work to eventually require that 100% of firearms sold in the U.S. are smart guns. But right now, the NRA and gun manufacturers are bullying firearms dealers who try to sell these guns. Biden will stand up against these bullying tactics and ensure call to action for gun manufacturers, dealers, and other public and private entities to take steps to accelerate our transition to smart guns. Again, if they're smart guns, then you can't transfer them. You can't say if you buy a shotgun and you want to you know, transfer it to somebody else, you'd have to go through a whole process of probably having to take this thing to an FFL dealer the whole process and everything. Now, if you want a smart gun, I believe you should be able to have one. And it's a very safe idea on one of these. And I believe you should be able to buy one if you want one in your household. That way, if you do have young children, if your guns are stolen, if someone breaks into your home and say you're in a different room and they get to your firearm before you do, they cannot use it against you. It would protect children from picking up a gun and accidentally discharging it if you somehow stupidly leave it about. Yes, smart guns are a good idea, but it should be your choice if you want to own it. You should not be required to have to buy one of these. It says, holding adults accountable for giving minors access to firearms. It says, Biden uh, supports legislation holding adults criminally and civically liable for directly or negligently giving a a minor access to a firearm, regardless of whether the minor actually gains possession of the firearm. There, they're basically saying you can't let buy a gun and say take your child or your neighbor's child hunting and let them use that gun. You can't take them to the gun range to train them how to safely use a firearm. You can't let them use your gun at this point. You can't even give them tell your child in your own home, hey, if somebody breaks in this house, the shotgun is over there. Here's the key for it. This is where the key's at. This is what the gun safe combination is. Because then you're giving them access to the firearm, which would be illegal under this. 
says requiring uh, gun owners to safely store their weapons, Biden will pass legislation requiring firearm owners to store their weapons safely in their homes. It's common sense that you should be able, you should safely store your weapons in your home. Again, overreach a government telling you how to do something in your own home. You know, I, this one is a prioritized prosecution of straw purchases. Straw purchasers are buy a firearm on behalf of an individual who cannot pass a background check. That's already illegal. If you get caught doing this, you can be prosecuted already. I don't understand. You cannot, say, if somebody has a criminal domestic violence charge or has been proven to be mentally incompetent to have a firearm, you can't do that anyway. You will go to jail. I mean, it's already there. I don't understand why he wants to try to make this, make a deal like this, because it's already on the books. It says this, and again, it says to require firearms owners to report if their weapon is lost or stolen. Again, if you are a responsible gun owner and somebody steals your gun or you lose it, you're going to tell somebody. You're going to want a police report. You want somebody to find your guns because most people who have guns like their guns. It's going to be done. And in a way, if somebody breaks in your house and you still got to do a police report, you're going to tell them about your guns unless you're not supposed to have them. If you're criminal, you have a charge against you, that, or not charged, but you've been found guilty of a crime, you're not supposed to have that gun anyway, so you're not going to tell anybody about it. Responsible gun owners, which is probably the vast majority of gun owners, Somebody breaks in your house, steals your gun, or you lose it, you're going to tell the police. Uh, here we go with this. Stop ghost guns. One way people who cannot legally obtain a gun may access gain access to weapons is by assembling one of their own, either by buying a kit of a disassembled gun parts or 3D printing of a working firearm. So basically, you can't make your own firearm if you have the ability. So Biden will stop the proliferation of these so-called ghost guns by passing legislation requiring that purchasers of gun kits or 3D printing code pass a federal background check. Additionally, Biden will ensure that the authority for firearms export stays within the State Department if needed to reverse the a proposed rule by President Trump. This will ensure that the State Department continues to block the code used to print firearms, 3D print firearms from being made available on the Internet. Now, I know this sounds, this is kind of reaching in my point, but that is stopping the transfer of knowledge and information on the internet. So that is technically censoring the internet, which, if I'm not mistaken, censoring the internet was already made illegal, if I'm not mistaken. It says, and the next point is to reform, fund, empower the U.S. government or the U.S. Justice Department to enforce our gun laws. Biden will direct his attorney general to deliver to him within his first 100 days a set of recommendations for restructuring the ATF and related Justice Department agencies to most effectively enforce our gun laws. Biden will then work to secure sufficient funds for the Justice Department to effectively enforce our existing gun laws, increase the frequency of inspections of firearm dealers, and repeal riders that get in the way of that work. Again, that's not that's not pushing too hard. And then to goes into uh, getting the ATF to issue an annual report on firearms trafficking for illegal trafficking of firearms, which needs to be done. It goes into research about gun control. Uh, President Obama issued a memorandum clarifying that longstanding appropriation rider that prohibited the Centers for D the CDC and other federal scientific agencies from using federal dollars to advocate or promote gun control. It does not prohibit those agencies from researching the causes and prevention of gun violence. The NIH subsequently embarked on Funding some of this research, though Republican leadership and Congress refuse to appropriate any funds, blah, blah, blah. Biden will call for Congress to appropriate $50 million 
to accelerate this research. And there you go. They're trying to find more ways. They're researching ways to make you ineligible to have a firearm. I know I'm kind of reaching on some of these, but I'm trying to give you the darkest days of this happening, like the worst situation possible. I mean, some of this is common sense. You should be able to read into it and say that it's bullshit and how they're trying to get around this stuff to do this. It says prohibit the federal fund or the use of federal funds to arm or train educators to discharge uh, for discharging firearms. Again, you know, that's something I'm kind of iffy on is the whole putting guns in schools by teachers just for the reason of accessibility to children for them to get a hold of a firearm and do stupid shit with them because kids are stupid and can do that at times. Sorry, I'm going to rephrase that. Some kids are stupid and try to do stupid stuff just to impress their friends. And a lot of this is becoming redundant as far as, you know, your health care and things like that. It's going into if you, someone even believes that you may be at risk of committing suicide, that they can come in. I mean, somebody, they don't even have to have proof at this point. Again, that goes back to your red flag laws where all they'd have to do is make a, or, or even a boyfriend law or boyfriend loophole where, if you, even if you're accused of something, but you're not found guilty or you're not medically found defunct of being able to per, use a firearm, it's just kind of finding ways to do this. But like I said, if you haven't been medically found that you cannot handle a firearm, if you've been discharged dishonorably from the military, or if you've been found guilty of a crime, your rights have not been stripped from you at that point. They should not be able to just to make an accusation and not find you guilty or anything like that and take your rights away it is your second amendment right that's on the line and like i said they are not technically taking that right from you they are finding their like he mentions loopholes probably a hundred times already they're take they're trying to close loopholes stops them from taking your right away by making new loopholes for them to kind of wiggle their way in to to actually get what they want I'm not going to go into the stuff with the trauma care centers and all that because, like, again, it basically just reiterates what they're saying. They're basically trying to get access to your medical information so they can make a, a judgment to do what they need to do. Now, in some cases, if you've been found medically enabled or medically competent to have a firearm, then that is, you know, it is necessary at that point. But if you haven't been or you're just under suspicion of it or they're until that judgment is made or you're found guilty, they can't take your rights away. And you're going to have to fight for this. And this is why I encourage you to get out and vote. If you want to protect your gun laws, I'm sorry. You like your granddaddy's shotgun. If you like having a semi-automatic pistol, you like having a, a, a handgun that holds more than 10 rounds. If you're like me, I love, I actually really enjoy shooting my firearm, my sporting, what is technically called a modern sporting rifle or an AR-15, AR-10, Sub-2000. These guns, they are fun to shoot. They're fun to have. They're excellent survival, or especially the Sub-2000, excellent survival gun, pack gun to take with you into the wilderness as a backup. AR-15s, and everybody that on here that's listening knows how fun they are to shoot and how good of a tool they are in certain situations for hunting, for pest eradication as far as feral hogs, armadillo. I mean, it, the list goes on and on and on. And the argument's always made, why do you need that gun? That's none, I mean, and all honestly, according to the way that the Second Amendment is written, it is none of your damn business what I'm going to use my gun for. As long as I'm not hurting another individual, violating some sort of law with my firearm, it is nobody's damn business but mine 
what I want to do with my gun, as long as it's legal. It's nobody's damn business what kind of gun I own, as long as I'm not committing a crime with it. These are this is all everything I've read to you comes straight from Joe Biden's website, his political website, JoeBiden.com. You can go by there, and if you don't believe me, you can go by and read this shit yourself. I'm telling you, it is, and that is exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it harder for you to buy firearms and ammunition, restricting your access to whatever you want. Then, if that's not working, they're going to try to make sure that you register the guns that you already have, make sure to give you the privilege to own a license to buy guns, restricting the number of guns that you can own or buy at a time or per month. Like I said, they're not coming directly after your Second Amendment right per se, basically shielding you from your rights. They're putting up a barrier, making it harder for you to exercise your rights as an American citizen. And they're building their own loopholes also to stop you from exercising your rights. So now I am highly pissed off and a little freaked out because I was right in the middle of doing this whole podcast live on YouTube when everything in my home Internet connected, went to shit. Matter of fact, I'm still trying to call out on my phone, and this is what I'm getting. It cannot be completed at this time. Please try again later. En este momento, no se puede realizar su llamada. Favor de intentar más tarde. I mean, that is, uh, that is weird. Like I said, I was right in the middle of doing this. I was talking about some of the policies that him and, or that Bill Clinton put in on play, so, and... President Obama, you know, I'm calling this out. And then all of a sudden, everything in my home internet base absolutely loses connection and cannot connect to anything. Luckily, I was recording this on another piece of equipment for a backup. And whenever I can get to an internet source, after I'm going to sit here and edit it here in just a moment, once I get to a source and I can upload this show, I'll be able to do that for you. But everyone, it's... Almost time for me to go to bed, get ready for work tonight. I will try to have this show up for you Wednesday or Thursday. Hopefully you'll get it one of those days. Again, remember, go vote. Get off your butt and go vote in person. Do not trust this mail-in voting stuff. I just see this going horribly. I'm not saying it's a conspiracy as far as getting your votes out there, but I don't trust the handling of the ballots. They may not get there in time. Hell, they might not ever get there at all. And this is just my advice to you. If you want your vote to make it to be there and to work, get off your ass and go vote at the polling places. Ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, I hope you all have a wonderful week. Enjoy it. Enjoy this coming weekend. Enjoy the fall. Football's back. Hunting season is underway. Uh, Fishing is getting good. It's cooler outside, so you can get out there and enjoy the outdoors. But everybody have a wonderful, wonderful week. God bless each and every one of y'all, and God bless the United States of America. Y'all have a wonderful day.